Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Big welcome to Pamela Zimmer. Pamela is a best-selling author and she'll tell you a little bit about the book that she's written. Pamela being who she is, um, out of her pain came purpose because I believe that you're someone who's so in tune and willing to really learn from life's lessons. And one of those lessons was um, self-care. And one of her big, big message is that self-care isn't selfish, but it is essential. So. <laughs> essential. Yeah, it is essential. So, Pamela, I, I want to hear your journey of why you became so passionate about um, about self care. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, first off, just thank you, Susie, for having me. Um, I, I feel like we're two souls on two different continents, but totally like aligned together in our energy and spirit and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, so you mentioned I was an architect for 13 years Mm -hmm. and I always, I wanted to have the career and then I also wanted to be a stay-at-home mom like my mom was. And so I did the career path first because I wasn't married, I was still single, met my husband, we started a family, had our first son in 2007 and that was right in the during the recession here in the States. So my husband was out of a job. I still had my architecture firm. So I went back to work, even though I didn't want to, I hated it. Um, I really just wanted to stay home with Zachary. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward a couple years, we were pregnant with number two and I had a business partner in my architecture firm. And I finally just said, I can't do this anymore. Um, you can have the firm. I want to be home. And by that time, my husband had a job. And um, so we were able to support me staying home while he was back at work. So I thought that was everything that life was going to be ideal. I was happy. This is what I had wanted. Um, But I realized I wasn't happy. And I wasn't sure why I didn't know what was going on. Four months after he was born, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and looking back, realized I probably had it all the way from when our first son, Zach, was born almost three years prior and -hmm. just didn't know. I just thought, oh, well, this is motherhood. I'm unhappy. I'm, you know, exhausted, not Mm -hmm. just tired, but just fatigued and exhausted and not engaged in life and not engaged in my child's life. And I just thought that was motherhood until I got this diagnosis. And it was almost a little bit of a relief because now we could put a label on it. It wasn't just, I was this crazy woman who, you know, changed after childbirth. It was now there was something that we could address and fight for. And so it took me almost another three years to get through it. And during those second three years, I was on antidepressants. I did a lot of writing. Writing has always been something that I have loved to do. And it's always been a way for me to release. Um, Mm. It's sort of, it's my outlet, you know, to let emotions out or thoughts or, you know, good, bad, everything in between. Mm. And so I started writing and I decided that I wanted to write a book. 
And that's where one of my best-selling books came. It's called Reclaim the Joy of Motherhood, How I Defeated Postpartum Depression. And it made me feel so much better just to get my story out, just to share my experiences. And then I realized the more I wrote about it, the better I felt. A couple people started asking me, hey, would you talk about your experience at this mom's group over here or at MOPS or, or you know, a mommy and me group or something. And then I realized the more I shared about it, the better yet I felt also. Um, and one of the things that I learned in there that really sort of catapulted me out of depression was becoming so aware of myself and just not just physically, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually and all the things that I was feeling and not shoving them down anymore, but just letting myself address them and acknowledge them and mm -hmm. then deal with them. And so it really, that's sort of my definition of self-care is it has those four areas. Self-care is all those four things. It's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual. So it's not just going to get a massage. It's not just getting your hair cut or getting your nails done or taking a nap. It's all those different layers of things. And so I realized that the more that I paid attention to that and the more that I became aware of that in my own self, the better I felt. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like writing is self-care for me. Um, finding joy is self-care. Finding things that make me happy is self-care. And so I just became so obsessed with getting myself healthy from the inside out and then sharing that other people could do that too. And it's just, I can't imagine not, not doing it now. I don't miss architecture. <laughs> yeah. um, I love to write. I love to speak. Um, and it's just, you know, God's kind of put me on this different journey and this different trajectory that I just, mm -hmm. self-care is my thing. <laughs> um, Pamela, thank you for sharing that. It's each time, I've heard your story a few times, but each time they, I hear something else. And I, and I think that's, um, I think there's power in that, power in sharing a story from, from, from the core of who we are. It's healing and you know, knowing that you've shared it so many times, well, one through the book, but through speaking, each time we heal through that story, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And and I think that this is why it's important to write. As Pamela was saying, you know, I, I've taken more to doing more consistent writing in the morning. You know, you may think that it's, it's so, but it's simple. It's just writing. It's almost like we can overlook it all too quickly to, for something else, like for another technique or, and I think that that sometimes happens to self-care. When we say self-care, so if you can speak more to self-care and why something as seemingly simple, which it is not, I think that self-care for me, <laughs> self-care for me has been one of the hardest things to to practice, to come to, and now it's a non-negotiable because, I mean, and, and I love how you say, you really emphasize it quite cleverly that self-care isn't a monthly massage, a monthly pedicure. Um, and tell us why that isn't that. Yeah, so I like to kind of use a couple different analogies, but we'll take the cell phone, for example, because mm -hmm. we all have these smartphones nowadays, right? And so if you just ask yourself, how often do you charge your phone? 
And what do you do when it gets down to the 20% red battery? You're like, oh my God, I got to plug it in. I can't live without a dead battery, right? Mm -hmm. And we plug our phones in every day, at least once, if not twice. We take such good care of them. We put cases on them. We protect them. We make sure we don't drop them. And so our self-care is very similar to that. We have to plug ourselves in every day and we have to monitor our battery level and charge ourselves up. Um, it's also like the car analogy. You can only drive so far until you run out of gas and you have to keep putting gas in that car. And sometimes you need bigger maintenance. Sometimes you need that, you know, 50,000 mile checkup and an oil change and all of that, mm -hmm. but you're still putting gas in your car at regular intervals or you're not going to get very far. So that's the, it's the same philosophy with self-care. Sometimes those massages and spa days or, you know, a hike with girlfriends, those are awesome, but you can't just rely on those things every, you know, every couple months, you have to do the things every day. And so part of that is finding a routine, you know, mm -hmm. a, a solid morning routine, a solid evening routine. So your book ending your day. You're starting with yourself, you're ending with yourself. Um, writing is a big piece to that. I tell all my clients that they have to get a journal and it doesn't have to be this, you know, gold leaf embellished thing. It can be a spiral notebook from the drugstore, whatever, but they, you have to write. Um, and, and there's no right or wrong way, but it's just getting out what's in here to make room for something bigger, better, more different. So it's a way for emotions to flow through you mm -hmm. so that you don't get stuck because it's like, you know, having a clogged pipe kind of thing. So there's all these little things that we can do that, yes, are very simple, but they're also very intimidating mm -hmm. because, well, I don't like to journal. What if I write the wrong thing? I don't like to write and Oh, what if someone's going to read it? Oh my gosh, you know, what if there's a grammar error or spelling mistake or something? And that's not the point of it. The point is to, like I said, to get what's in here out, good, mm -hmm. bad, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, how are we transitioning throughout our day? Are we giving ourselves breaks? Are we just going back to back to back from appointment to appointment to appointment? Are we going from mom to wife to CEO to client to employer? You know, what are we doing? Or are we allowing ourselves to sort of, you know, have closure and close off mm -hmm. one person or interaction? Take a deep breath, fill your water, you know, go mm -hmm. to the bathroom, get a snack do something to fill yourself up before you move on to the next interaction. So all of those things are self-care. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's just, it, it takes practice to figure out what those things need to be for you because it's very individual and it's very unique mm. and there's no cookie cutter thing, which I think is why people get so stuck in finding their self-care routine because we as a society think, oh, it's just this luxurious day at the spa. Well, I get a massage once a month. I'm fine. I do my self-care, you know. And, and you know, it's, it, it can also, like those appointments can actually become 
another self-care sabotaging routine in the sense that it's another thing to go to. It's another thing to attend. Now, I, I, I do those things, but I'm, I think sometimes women just add more to their list without actually taking real, like real self-care and asking themselves the question of, hang on, what, what is that for me? Like, you know, you use those words of transitioning. I love that transitioning from one thing into another. How are we doing that? Are we rushing? Cause I see that. I see women rushing. I've, I've, I've rushed, um, certainly doing it more mindfully this year. I'm very, I'm very happy with, how I'm with the pace at which I'm leading my life, but I've worked very consistently to get to where I am, to be more present. I'm not always present. And one of the other things you said is to close the day, whether it be close an activity or close the day, um, to really um, come back and, and do something sig- significant, but it could be small to finish the day on that note. Um, so thank you for sharing some of those things because um, we learn from each other and I always love hearing hearing what you have to say say on that. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is I know that you talk about your very big on routine and I agree with that. Basically, if it's not in the calendar, Pamela, it's, yeah, it's, it's, gonna happen. it's yeah. not going to happen. If you don't book, at least to start off with, I know for me, if I don't book something in, if I don't book something in that I want to, like um, violin practice, to me that's self-care because it really gets me exercising part of me that I normally wouldn't gets me exercising my brain muscles gets me doing something that's outside of my comfort zone because I'm making mistakes yeah sometimes I'm going oh that's squeaky oh that sounds awful (laughs) I'm being a student and I'm learning something new um and staying open-minded um so I know that you speak on on routine that that's really important but how do you teach self-care Well, I think, you know, like you touched on it with your violin lessons or your violin Mm -hmm. practice, it makes you happy, right? It brings you joy. It fills you up. So the first thing that everyone Mm -hmm. has to do is give themselves permission to take the time to ask, what do I love doing? What did I used to love doing and I don't do anymore? You know, this is especially important for moms. Because I have this saying, you were you before you were mom. So being a mom doesn't define you. It's just one piece of you. But as a woman, mm-hmm. what are the things that used to fill you up that made you happy? And those things can change. So it, it kind of starts with the permission, you know. And, but you have to start by knowing what it is that you want. And you are allowed to know what you want. And you are allowed to go after what you want. And it doesn't mean that, um, you know, you don't put everyone else aside on the back burner because I've got to do my violin practice, you know, but you know that it's important to you. Mm. And then the more that you know it's important to you, Mm. the easier it is for you to explain to your family, I'm doing this at this time because it makes me happy. And when I'm happy, I'm Mm. a better wife. I'm a better mother. Mm. I'm a better businesswoman. I'm better in society. And so we just have to, again, give ourselves permission to ask what it is that we want, what fills us up, what do we need to recharge ourselves. Sometimes people need a walk um, to re-energize themselves. Maybe it's a nap. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's listening to music. Um, Maybe it's talking with a girlfriend or watching a, a 
you know, short YouTube video or listening to a podcast or whatever it is. That's where, again, the Mm -hmm. self-care is so unique. Everyone is different, but you have to know what fills you up. Mm -hmm. And then you can start planning it in. And it takes a while to transition your calendar because we can't just, okay, I have these 10 things that I want to do and plop them in. That's not realistic. Mm -hmm. So that's why it takes time. That's why generally I work with people for 60 to 90 days because it takes time to implement and transition Mm -hmm. and the routine. Mm -hmm. And the routine is important because think about if something in life happened, like that curveball came at you, you're better able to adapt to something new and different if you already have a routine. Because then you can always go back to that or you, it's easier to adjust a routine because you know the parts and pieces of it that are important versus if you mm-hmm. just woke up every day and said, okay, well, today I think I'm going to do this and then later I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to, you know, come, come over to this place for a while. I'm going to do mm-hmm. this thing. But you don't have any consistency or any routine then what happens if life throws you that curveball, an illness, a relationship, a financial struggle, you're in total chaos. That's what the routine does, that it's easier to adjust a routine than it is to adjust pure chaos. Mm. You know what I've noticed? I, I really love that you've talked about that um, how when a curveball comes your way, one of the, an easier way to do, oh, to be able to manage it becomes a lot easier if you have a routine in place. And what I've noticed is I've worked on my routine for years and I still work on it. It can change depending on my needs. Um, but I think the reason that it changes now is because just depending on, you know, what I want to do, what kind of changes with me. But in the past, it used to change because it wasn't, I didn't make it consistent. I would allow it to be changed by others because it wasn't scheduled or maybe I didn't think that it was important enough. So I didn't protect my time around that routine, which is really interesting. Even as you're saying that I'm thinking about that. Whereas now I would say three days a week, my mornings look very different to two years ago. Like I'm up at 5.20. This is unheard of. 5.20 a.m. That's not, you know, that would, I could never see myself. I don't know if it has something to do with turning 40, but <laughs> me, 5.20, and I have time to really to, you know, do my little morning routine, a bit of reading and, and then going for a walk, coming back, having a shower before my girls are up. But part of my routine has also been teaching them to be more independent. Mm-hmm. So I guess the reason I'm saying all of this, and I want to ask you more on that, is sometimes we have to do the hard yards or, you know, confront something in order to put our routine in place so for example with my girls I had to I had to be I had to have a conversation with them that this is your responsibility in the morning you need to do this alarm goes off you need to get dressed if you're not downstairs by this time because I'm I'm usually just back as they're coming into the kitchen and and they're the ones making breakfast but this has taken me a long time to do this because I noticed that I was enabling certain behaviors of dependence by being in the kitchen, doing things for them. So I'm curious about what have you had to kind of negotiate or work on to establish your own self-routine or maybe even in your work with clients with other women, what have they had to work through 
as a challenge, as, you know, something that was taking away from their routine? What have they had to overcome that was seemingly a challenge, I guess, at the time for them? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And I think it all comes down to priorities and boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. we can't let everyone just have our time all the time whenever they want because that teaches them that we don't value our time. Mm-hmm. So in the same way with your girls, you had to say, okay, here's what has to happen. You know, my yeah. clients have had to do the same thing with their clients. Mm-hmm. You know, Okay. Well, what are the days that you want to work with your clients? Set that up and you got to train them. You train them that this is how you schedule an appointment with me. You click this link and here's all the availabilities. I don't do client meetings on this day. So you train your clients to conform. And again, it takes time. And sure, there's always that, you know, one over here, one over there. Mm -hmm. You have to be flexible. But I think holding your boundaries is so important. And I had to do that with my boys and my husband too, because I have my morning routine and it's, you know, sitting out in the living room. I have my coffee. I have my devotional, my book, whatever I'm reading. And that's my time. Mm -hmm. And they're up sometimes and they're getting themselves breakfast or playing or whatever, but that's my time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they want to come sit and snuggle. And it's like, you can come sit and snuggle, but I'm having my time, so we're not going to have a conversation right now. Um, I'm happy to have a conversation with you, but I need to complete my time first. And one of the things that has been really powerful just in language Mm -hmm. that works with, um, it works with my kids. It works, um, some clients have used it on prospective clients in their businesses where if someone wants to schedule with you or someone wants time, you know, your daughter wants, Hey mom, can, can you come here right now? And then you're in the middle of something acknowledge, right? But you have to understand it's that whole being present thing, which I know you teach a lot and you're very Mm -hmm. um, passionate about that. The whole Mm -hmm. being present and empowering yourself and all that. But if I just simply say, I need 10 minutes to finish this so I can be fully present with you over here. Mm. They get it, you know, Mm -hmm. or you'd sell that to a client who wants to meet you for coffee, but you don't have room in your, in your calendar because you're focused on a big speaking event or a big project, or um, you're working Mm -hmm. on your retreat and you have blocked that time out. I would love to meet with you in 10 days or two weeks. Oh, well, you're so busy. I can't believe that you can't meet me until 10 days from now. Well, if you want the best version of me, here's the soonest time we can meet. Mm -hmm. So it honors them and Mm -hmm. acknowledges that they're important by you holding your boundary and -hmm. essentially saying no or not now. I'm sure that that could apply to situation with a boss or anyone else in a way that you're not coming from a place of fear. Um, I I love that. You know, again, these are such simple, but they're powerful things. And they're so simple when it comes to practice though. (laughs) There's hard. You have to practice. It's a total practice. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally. You you have to work on it. No. Pamela, can I ask you something? 
Of course. Um, one of the things that you shared with me, because I wanted to know about it, was your um, permission pinwheel. Yeah. And, and, you know, you showed me what that looked like. And I believe in visuals. Visuals are so powerful because it bypasses the, you know, the conscious mind and it gets right to the core. So can you speak to that more, what that is, and yes. say more about that? Yes, I love it. So the permission pinwheel is sort of my signature. It's the foundation for all the work I do because – like I mentioned before, you have to give yourself permission to know what you want. Mm. And one of the, the struggles that most people have is this concept of balance. I want balance mm. in my life. You know, it's like work, life, work, life, um, or work, home, work, home. And we're kind of ping-ponging back and forth and we're not present and we're, we're at work thinking about something else over here. We're at home thinking about work. But then where in there is the social aspect because we were not designed to be um, in seclusion. We were designed as human beings to be in community. So where's the social aspect? Where are we learning from? Where are we having fun in life? And then where is the aspect of self, the whole self-care? So I came up with four core areas in life that we get to have time in every day so that we can find that balance. And so that's where sort of this permission pinwheel came in, if you guys can see it. Um, it's like Oriental Trading Company 99 cent cardboard pinwheel. Um, <laughs> but it does the job. It's awesome. It certainly does. So, so if you imagine that each one of these spokes is an area of your life. So we have the home, we have the work, we have the social, and then we have the self. Um, self being self-care and if you picture this you know if we have time in all four of these areas and again it doesn't have to mean equal mm -hmm. so the whole that whole concept of balance doesn't mean equal it's not six hours six hours six hours six hours it could be an hour it could be three hours it could be eight hours whatever your day looks like whatever kind of season you are in in your life it can change and adjust. It's organic. Life is organic. So these areas have to adjust. But if we don't have time in all four of these areas, if one of these spokes is missing, our pinwheel is not going to spin. It's going to mm -hmm. kind of hobble along and not be very pretty. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to give ourselves permission to have an experience time, not just spend time. That's another little um, tip that I, I, it's sort of the advanced advanced language tip, you know, don't just spend your time, but experience your time. And that gives you much more mm. of an empowered mindset behind it. And it's more abundant. It's not so negative and there's no scarcity in that. It's I get to experience an hour driving my child to Love swim that. practice instead of, okay. oh, I just spent an hour driving my child to swim practice, you know, mm. or I just experienced this, 20 minute meeting with a, a client versus I just spent 20 minutes with a client, you know, so it's just changing that one word can make a big difference. So if we experience time in all four of these areas, we're going to find balance. And again, it doesn't have to mean equal. And what balance looks like to me is completely different than what balance looks like to you. Mm. And then the visual goes one step further. So if I'm over here, you know, blowing on my pinwheel and, 
and it's spinning, but I stop and then say, hey, Susie, I noticed that you're really not doing anything in this self area. I'm going to go help you and I'm going to get your pinwheel going. Well, I can only do that for so long because my pinwheel is going to stop spinning if I stop paying attention to it. Mm. And so it really goes to that whole permission of taking care of ourselves. You know, it's self-care is something that we do for ourselves. We don't do it for you. I don't do your self-care for you. Mm. I can encourage you and I can say, hey, Susie, I noticed that you're really exhausted and you're really tired. And I noticed that you haven't done your violin practice in a couple weeks. Maybe you should try to schedule that back in because that's going to be one of your spokes mm. on your pinwheel. But if I go over and I start spinning your pinwheel, mine's going to stop. And then mm -hmm. I'm no good to anyone. So that's the whole permission pinwheel concept. How do you then teach? What's your system for teaching self-care? So one of, what I teach is basically peace and balance. And peace mm -hmm. is an acronym. And so the five P's come in because that's the first P. So um, um, the P in peace stands for productivity. And then within that, there's five P's of productivity. The first one is permission. And again, that, that goes back to this. It goes back to giving yourself permission to know what you want. And it, we talk about priorities. We talk about planning, scheduling things in. We talk about possibility. That's that whole dream big. You know, don't limit yourself to where you are now dream big and what do you want what do you want in life without any regard for commitments and responsibilities you know can you just let yourself see the possibility of your future um, and then it has to do with purpose also and that's just finding your why why are you doing what you're doing and that changes too you know for me there was a period where my why was my kids when they were little babies like my why was it was feeding my children and keeping them alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now my, my why is a lot deeper. And yes, they're still part of that. But what's your purpose? Yeah. Um, and that all happens because the self-care has so many benefits to it, not just making you feel better and not just making you a better mom and a better wife and a better woman in society and community, but you become more efficient, you become more focused, you are way more productive, which mm -hmm. completely increases your success in business. And so I really try to tap into that mm -hmm. because a lot of people think I don't need self-care. I just, I, I just want to be more productive mm -hmm. to get done more. You know, I don't have time for self-care. I, I'm too busy for self-care. I need to be more productive. And so mm -hmm. I get to come in sort of the back door and say, hey, I can teach you how to be more productive. You have to practice some self-care. And it mm -hmm. starts with permission. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of, th those are the five Ps. And then we go into the PEACE acronym. And the first E is experience. And so I sort of touched on that. Don't spend your time, experience your time. And also, how are you experiencing the environment? How are you experiencing other people, other situations? Are you letting that energy in? Or are you just 
okay, I'm solid and confident in who I am and what I'm doing. And that's just a situation. It doesn't mean anything. Um, mm -hmm. How are you experiencing life? And then the A is for alignment, which is, you know, your body. What is your body telling you? Are your choices in alignment with what you said you wanted? Which, again, goes all the way back to permission. You know, mm -hmm. give yourself permission to ask yourself mm -hmm. what you want. You say you want X, but your choices are indicating you want Y. Mm. So somewhere there's misalignment. So we touch on that. And then we talk about uh, the C, which is celebrate, which is important, so important because we have to acknowledge our wins. And every little win counts. It's all those little wins that add up to the big ones. And if we just wait mm. to acknowledge the big ones, we're going to forget all the little steps that we had to take to get there. Um, and then the, the second E is embody. And that's a big one where it's like you got to stand in who you want to become. So if you want to impact the world, what do you have to, what, what kind of characteristics do you have to embody to be that? What kind of thoughts, what's your mindset like? What are, what are your routines? You know, how is your world around you? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Um, you have to sort of, you know, put on the coat of who you want to be, even though it might be a little itchy and scratchy to start with, and then get comfortable in it and say, okay, I, I want to be a speaker. And speaking scares the bejesus out of me. But if that's what I want to be, then I have to go embody that and go mm -hmm. speak until I'm comfortable, you know? So those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, so, it, again, the piece is productivity, which people don't generally associate self-care with productivity, mm. um, but it's proven. Mm. So it's productivity, experience, alignment, celebrate, and embody. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Because ultimately then everything that you've talked about, that is what brings in the peace. Yeah. And, mm. and at the end of the day, you know, when your head hits the pillow at night, mm. don't you want to just feel this peace of mind that you did good today mm. even if you didn't accomplish everything that you wanted even if you had some roadblocks or some bumps that you had to go over or you fell backwards a little bit if you can still have that peace and know okay I did the best I could today and mm. I feel good and tomorrow's a new day Mm. And I just want to thank you, Pamela, for sharing that. Um, I, I love those acronyms. Um, they make absolute sense. What I want to go back to and just um, to affirm is I have noticed that when my self-care goes up, my productivity is always in, shall I say, correlation with that. Yes. So the more that I'm taking care of me, the more that um, my productivity is in check and I seem to get things done quicker and smarter when I've taken care of me, when I've looked after me, when I've given myself time to experience what I felt that I need to experience, be it joy, be it fun, laughter, violin lesson practice, yeah. uh, walks, you know, my morning walks and so on. Um, I'm going to take away the whole um, reframe around time, how I experience my time. I really like, I love that. 
you know, if you have an appointment or something in your calendar, in your diary, and that appointment gets shifted, you have to make sure that you have a space then for it to go back somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just disappear, you know? So like if you had an appointment to go for a walk with yourself and someone needed a ride and you didn't go on that walk, well, you get to put that walk back in somewhere else. What a powerful reframe, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we, we kind of do this thing, right, where it's like mm. the up, down, up, down, up, down, or the extremes instead of, um, you know, I kind of, it, it's like the, the big sine wave where it's got a big up, down. Well, we want to try to get it more gentle like this. So we're doing the same things more often spread out. So that it's not this extreme, like, oh, I went on holiday, went on vacation, and now I come back, I'm like totally stressed out, and I don't have time to fit anything in. And then I'm so busy, and now I need a vacation, you know? So um, we want to enjoy vacation because we want a vacation, not because we need a vacation. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be hours and hours, you know? Like two minutes of transition time or, you know, a 10 minute break in the middle of the day just deep breathing, going outside, getting fresh air. It can be all these little things. They don't have to be these giant chunks of time, just a little chunk here, a little chunk there. And then you can sort of refresh yourself and then get back to work. And like Susie. Susie's powerful stuff. And I think one of the things that both Pamela and I have learned, and I'm sure you'll agree with that Pamela is on I mean, I say entrepreneurial journey because that's what Pamela and I are, but this applies to anyone and anywhere really how you do it is that the more you take care of you, the more we take care of ourselves, I believe by putting my needs first is that I'm getting very clear on what I want in my life, what I'm accepting, what's non-negotiable. So I have my non-negotiables. Um, I put them in the calendar. Some things I don't put in the calendar because they're like so etched in my behavioral practice that it happens anyway. Yeah, Pamela, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. My, my parting words are that self-care isn't selfish. It's essential. And you deserve to take care of you because when you take care of you, you become the best version of you and the world deserves the best version of you. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful, and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations.